0: You're listening to As Read By Me, the podcast where writers read and readers listen. Greetings, Happy New Year, and welcome to As Read By Me, Season 2. In this first episode of the season, we have two other firsts. This will be our first show to feature only one writer, and he will be reading our very first science fiction story. Joe Murphy is a teacher, a musician, and a novelist, and today he'll be reading his story, Spotter. Take it away, Joe.
1: Hi, my name is Joe Murphy. This is Spotter, an excerpt from a forthcoming novel, as read by me. The youngest of them was hardly eight years old, and small for his age, too, his arms and legs all twiggy. Little guy stood about half-height with his brothers— so both of them, brothers, were always putting their elbows on his crown, joking on him. Then he'd dodge out, pissed off and buzzing with anger. As much as they played him, though, all of them ran like a pack. Den and Frank, those were his brothers. Leon and Ceylon and him. Him, that was Ray, the youngest, the one I started telling about. Leon and Ceylon were the twins, boy and girl, the ones who lived down the hall. They still do. Lived down the hall, I mean. The twins' folks had all grown up with the boys together. At least their dads all did, back when, before both men were gone or killed or disappeared. So the twins were family too, far as it mattered. Just they lived in another spot. The walls were thin anyhow. Besides, anymore, back then, Den spent most of the time with his girl downstairs. So if believing the definition of family was them all sharing a tiny space, Leon and Ceylon were closer. Den's girl May was on the ground floor besides, and that was some 14 floors below. It was China, basically, or more likely Antarctica, if what Frank said about May all the time was true. What their mother said about the girl wasn't suitable for repeat. I was there too, with all of them, but I don't play much into it, in this, save a few choice stories early on. We were just kids anyway. I wish I did, though. Play a role more. At least in this, I think. But I was bedstuck by then, both ankles broken from that time I tossed myself alley-wise from a height running from patrol or the cops. Some said four stories, but I always say five, even now. Unlike the others, I wasn't family, at least not yet. Despite my living an apartment above with my grandma, with but a ceiling and floor between us, but I decided I was going to love Lucy long before, and she was Frank and Dan and Ray's sister. I was 13 then, when I decided that certainly, and she was freshly 12. But I saw the impending beauty in her face, like a storm coming, and I'd known, I think, since I was but five. Anyhow, we'd be family once. Healing then, I still listened in when they were down there talking about what was the plan. Yeah, those vents couldn't thaw, but they sure carried sound, and my bed was set up right there above Frank's room. Far as us kids cared, that was headquarters. Sometimes I'd yell my two dimes down there, and they'd just crack all up like I was the voice of God booming, only one God overly concerned if Lucy was home all the time. So I heard the ones that eventually went sour. The one that got Den picked up, and when he got out, it was like no one was family, just May, even though she'd had a kid with somebody else by then, and then the one that got Frank snatched too. My healing brought about me revisiting those old school modules they'd been sending into the towers for years before, the kind you just watched to learn, and it came about that I liked them quite a bit. Which surprised me no less than anyone, and what was more, Lucy seemed to like me for it. She liked those school modules too. So I kept at that, and out of the rest, but that never meant I forgot the others, forgot all we did and what it meant. What it meant to me, and some more people too, all up and down the tower. What we were doing back then was simple, really. Shooting down the drones as they flew past. Delivery drones carrying all that endless bullshit to better places from the big warehouses outside. So yeah, we shot them down. You never knew what you were getting, but damn, if every day didn't feel like your birthday. If your family was one, could get gifts ever. Those delivery drones sure dropped pretty, lighting up a tail through the night sky and careening into the tower's dead gardens, then smashed to bits on the asphalt yard. Barring Lucy, nothing prettier than that. It was right after I'd broken my ankles then, when they were hatching below. Someone's got to take Wilt's place, Den said. That was me. I'm Wilt. Guessing I should have said so sooner. Of course, my job went then to Little Ray. He was the spotter now, and he'd remained spotter all those years, even when Den and then Frank were locked away. See? But that was the trouble. Which brings me to a fine point. One I'm almost reluctant to make. My learning, and I suppose my Lucy love in turn, is what eventually got little Ray, not so little by then, nicked really good, too. Perhaps I'm what put Ray and Jal in a way. So maybe my part's bigger than I've said. Just a part of absence, a nothingness along the ride all the way. One that shoved Raymond from the car. I was 24 by then, making Lucy 23, and her little brother Ray 18 or 19, depending on the time of year. It was cold, I remember, and he was a summer babe. But cold might have been coming, or it might have been going. Lucy was upstairs with me. I'd long ago pulled the bed away so nothing would stop me from hearing them plot and pont. And yeah, sure shit was I right about Lucy. That was a terrible beauty. Like an endless rash of hurricanes that tore me up as some coastal town. Frank was newly back then, fresh from the vault. Back before they instituted putting inmates on ice a while. Due to more overcrowding so it wasn't gone real long i'd seen him in the stairwell a few days before and he was just as he'd been before kindly warm all smiling as he picked me up like i was a kid again i'd grown up but i was rarely still bookish he'd always say but like loving he'd heard about me and lucy how lucy was expecting and how we gotten together officially and he couldn't have been happier for her for us he meant later he came by to see lucy too But then it was business as usual. Everyone had to eat, and besides, Ray and Leon and Ceylon had carried on like they'd had to carry on in Frank's absence, and without Den or me. But now Frank was back, so Ray was just spotter again, leaving Frank to the plot. Ceylon could spot in a pinch, but she'd been needing glasses a long time, and sometimes she saw only what she thought she ought to see, and Leon couldn't do it because he was blind in one eye after he and I got wrestling playing first, fighting second, when we were just nine. Ray was the spotter then. It was Frank's voice I heard most now. Lucy didn't want a part in it, so she'd gone to sit with Grandma and hummed the little wilter inside her. And it was the same old Frank, always looking to expand sales to a few of the towers. He was smart, always thinking, just was. He'd made some Chinese friends inside, whites, Puerto Ricans, Baptists, new Luddite army, Iraqi too. And though the project towers were largely segregated in action, they weren't hard borders, all united and having not. There was mixing all the time, really. I mean, even May was French-Canadian, I think, with a little Cuban in her. So Frank worked it all out before him, the way they could climb up on the Chinese and Iraqi towers and secure new routes that maybe avoided our own, operators likely thinking they were being smart, since our tower had been a problem for years and years now, flying higher and higher to miss us. Though that didn't stop desperate folks, which was us. All of us. On that damn tower like bees in a hive. Angry and shaken. Busy with work for some queen we could never see. Yeah, our tower was the worst. And we were damn proud of it. They tried to appease us. Putting those publics in the basement. Giving us gratis access to some virtual living. But who'd want to be sitting in a body not theirs. Wearing clothes nicer than ones they could afford. Looking at shit you can't keep, can't have. Besides, "'Twas only one bomb for a problem, and that was stealing. At least, that's what we told ourselves, to make it all right. Lucy and I learned there were other ways of insulating pride locked away, maybe, even if at times they were hard to find. So Frank was saying how it'd go. Same as always, really, just new routes overhead. Yeah, and when he said sales, he didn't mean it the way you'd think, the way people usually mean it, like it was trickery. He wasn't interested in credit anywhere. He was just as happy giving it away as long as whoever's it was wasn't having it. Trade was nice, but most of the time we just gave it away right up to the end. Back when I was still in it all, we shot down a whole box of snakes. All of them freeze-dried, I think for medical research, but damned if we didn't trade them around a while, then let the babies out into the sewer. We got weird shit all the time. Hunting blind-like, we got everything from foodstuffs to furniture, rations to ribaldries. So they were there now in Frank's room, I could hear all of them laughing a bit. I missed them, so that was that. They'd go out that night, and some part of me was envious, itchy to be of and with them. I can't tell you what happened minutely, but I've been through it enough to guess. As you're climbing the stairwell, you get really silent around floor 30, like you can feel the tower wobbling, or maybe it's you, and you've gotten to be silent to just keep yourself from worrying, from falling over. You're lugging up lookers and anchors. Maybe it's just you because you're the spotter, or maybe tonight, someone's with you, but they're silent too, so it's like you're alone. And the electricity gets weird up there, just like the people. They flicker, it flickers. You know the stories, and that's why you're in the stairwell and not the lifts. What's in the lifts? Sometimes they break down, and sometimes people drop from the opening at the top. Just endless amounts of people all filling the space like a liquid. And then, well, game over. It doesn't matter what color your skin is then, just dead's dead. But That's why you're on the stairs. Up there, wind's cold because it's always cold up that high, once you're out on the roof. You go to the spot in the cage where you or someone else has snipped away a flap, and you pin the fence back. You look. You're a spotter, so you look. Yeah, and somewhere out there, there's a light, way up and up. Drone. Drones, maybe. You call it in. We had little radios back then. Nothing fancy. But no one else was listening to those anymore. Give a direction in a code we all knew. Someone else tags it, pierces it, lets it drag, then recoils, all with finesse that gets that bubber dropping just like you want it, somewhere far below where maybe Leon waits, or Ceylon. Even Grandma did it once. Easy. Best part is digging through the score. Nah, best part, seeing the faces in the towers when you give them the thing they needed, or better, the thing they didn't know they needed at all. For years, we figured people knew where these drones drop but you had to be out of touch thinking of coming in here looking for him. What with any number of us being dangerous if you're believing the headlines. Not that you should. See, but then? Then someone did, sounds. I mean, I guess someone got fed up, losing their drones, sent some knuckles in to find us. All what follows is what I was told later. What the twins could manage. The end was all that matters, though. Frank was shot by forces unknown, looked like police, shot freely like police, But could have been anyone, really. Private forces. Anyway, Frank was dead and they took Ray. Said it was an arrest. Looked like one. But we don't really know. It would have been Ray was shot, though. Should have been, if Frank hadn't put himself in the way. See? It was Ray holding the land rifle. All loaded up with a big harpoon. Sounded like Ray was ready to fire upon them, too. Those cop-looking fuckers. So it might have been justified. Seeing as he'd have taken at least a few of them out, point that big, pounding air toward them, But with Frank? Them gunning him down that way? No. That was a cold kill. What do you expect? Didn't even make the headlines. Money. Cops. Dead black men in the towers. Just business. Leon and Ceylon were on the rooftop parallel, one belonging to Little Bombay. Saw the whole thing as the bird flies. Whoever they were, those cops, they even took Frank's body away. Heard later, something most unlikely. That particular drone that night was full of illegal. Perks, spirals, coke, down-ups, ring-burners, and lush. So they were putting Ray away for sure, saying it was planned. Saying it was drugs. A drug bust. Big win. They don't even drone shit like that. How could they? Or maybe they do. How'd I know? Anyway, we never seen it. And we'd pretty fairly seen it all. Later, I heard something probable. Boxes all melons, kale, and rations. Someone's produce order yonder. Whatever it was, we lost them both that night. Ray and Frank. Lucy and I sent our captures now and then, trying to seem happy. And we were, mostly. And hoping they'd make it to Ray, but knowing they probably never did. We didn't hear from the courts. Which was all about what we thought. We didn't have the ways to find him. The credits. We buried Frank. And I held Lucy, while she cried. It was like putting Ray in there with him. As far as we could tell. But our kids would know Uncle Raymond. Yeah, and Frank, too. Know those stories. Sucked the way it had to happen, but Den started coming back up to see us. Ceylon and Leon stayed low then on, but they came up quite a bit too. All like we got some family back, built sadly upon the big gap we got between us. We were hoping and praying, you know, by figure and speech, because praying is just talking to yourself, I know, because, I mean, how could it not be with all this shit going down? We hoped Ray might just show up one day. He could, you know. Hasn't yet, but he could. And yeah, Frank was dead but no way he'd die, die, be dead to us, not in memory and not in heart. So it was like he was living, like how sometimes I can still hear his voice from the floor below. Even so, just in case, we named Frank the first. Boy or girl didn't matter. It was a girl, and we named her Frank. Years later now, and she's spittingly him, long live his soul. All warmth like a fire, but still fiery, you know?
0: Thanks for joining us. If you're listening on a podcast app, please hit the subscribe button to be notified when we release future episodes. For more information about the podcast and the authors, visit asreadbyme.com. You can also find us on Twitter, and you can stream video versions of the show on YouTube and Rumble. If you're enjoying the show and would like to help us keep it ad-free, please consider supporting us by visiting asreadbyme.com and clicking the donate button. If you're a writer and would like to read something on an upcoming episode, send an email to writers at asreadbyme.com.